Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the From the Finney podcast with me, Jake. Me, Ollie, Andy, Jimmy. In this episode, we're going to talk over the the win against Birmingham in our last home game uh, at the end of the season. We'll be joined by our first live listener and we'll end by looking ahead to the Bristol City game on Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, enjoy, share the podcast, retweet it, tell your friends, tell your family and all that good stuff. And thank you for listening. Yeah, good. Good, thanks. Good. I know we, we're not in the stadium, but it's always nice to end with a win. And, 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 get ready for this, a first home clean sheet in 309 days. Yeah, I think that's obviously skewed because of, we've had three months. Yeah, of course it is. Someone's done the research, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> Makes a change, doesn't it? Yeah, I think we all predicted a clean sheet as well, didn't we, the other day? So yeah, there was, there's not much to speak about, I don't think, from the game itself. No, it was, I mean, I'd say we had the better of it overall. They Obviously, Rudd's pulled out two, two decent saves in the second half. Um, Bellingham, I think, should have done better with the chance that he put wide. Mm. But other than that, I think we, we probably had the better of it. Stockley did well again. He's come in and, and done well, really, recently, hasn't he? Yeah, 13 aerials won yesterday. So, did well. I thought Bellingham's a good player, isn't he, for 17. can tell why he's... Um... Can tell why he's off to Germany next season. Yeah, um, should have had a penalty, though, shouldn't we? Yeah, we should have. And to be fair, Jaden should do better as well with his chance early doors. Yeah. Um, can I just before you carry on, Jimmy? Can I just make the listeners aware that Jimmy's having a few technical issues? So if his sound is a bit off, then just please bear with us. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's out of our control, so to speak. Yeah, uh, I need to change where I live. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it was it's a bit of a nothing game for me. Mm. Just like there wasn't a lot in it. I thought Birmingham were poor for large majorities. I think it's, we've scored from a set piece, which is great. We've not it's not often we've said that the second half of the season. Um, and yeah, there wasn't a lot in the game really. There's the odd moment of brilliance, but they were few and far between. You know, it's two great saves by a deck, as you say. But yeah, it's a bit of a a bit of a damp squid for an end of season game for me. Didn't think there was a lot of quality in the game. I think that sort of summed up where both teams were at yesterday. I think we're clearly the better side, and again, I think they're 19th, 20th. They're the kind of teams that we just tend to put away, and it's happened again yesterday. I thought there were some decent performances. Like I said, I thought Stockley did all right again. I thought Potts was good again, like he has been. Probably been our best player since the restart. Yeah. And I thought story story against a very physical striker in Jukovic kept him pretty quiet, didn't he? So, yeah, considering what you'd call our two best players, two best players weren't playing. Yeah, I think, obviously, the clean sheet was the main thing. So, yeah, I think 
Yeah, it's just a standard standard win, really. Something that we've been used to before the obviously the bad form. Just one of them standard wins. Yeah, just probably, something. Probably. Um, just something you mentioned, Jimmy. But I think you tweeted about it yesterday. That Bauer goal, obviously scoring from a set piece. Um, I think did you tweet yesterday, Ollie, that he was? Was it something like eight and nine contacts from a from the first phase of a set play that he's had and not scored? Yeah, I just think since the restart, it's probably had ten plus. Yeah, first contacts from a from a set piece, and yesterday is probably the only one that's fallen to him. Just fell on his foot, didn't it? Really? Yeah. No one on yeah, the good. no one on no one on the post. So yeah. Good but finish. Galli's, to be fair. Yeah, Galli's put a great ball in. Just on Galli, do you think that's his farewell? Yeah, I've got a feeling it probably yes. is. Yeah. Same. And but, nice of him to go out if it is with an assist, because that's probably what he's going to be remembered for. Remembered for his set piece quality. Yeah. It's been lacking in recent months, hasn't it? But put some put a couple of good balls in yesterday. Um, um, go and join Clark here at Salford. Mm, maybe. I think he's was way above league two, let's be yeah, honest. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um I'm not sure if that'd even suit him being down there. Yeah, probably not, to be fair. Suit someone like Clarky. I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see. I think he wants to go into the coaching side, don't he? Yeah, he's got the under 16s at the minute, hasn't he? So I think he'll stick with that personally. Yeah, so I think, Ollie, you just mentioned Brad Potts probably been our best player since the restart. Um, yeah. I would say there's an argument for him being man of the match yesterday, maybe. Yeah, took good his goal really well. Good overall performance, good goal. Yeah. Um, got asked a question uh, by a friend of mine. He's not. Not asked it on Twitter, but he is on Twitter. If you want to follow him, he's AJ Ingram, but the I in Ingram is a one. And he's asked, is Brad is a Brad Potts at his best better than Alan Brown at his best? It's a good question. I think Brownie, just for his season before last, or was it last season when he scored 12, 13 goals? Yeah, last, last, season, last season. Was he one behind Robinson? Yeah, I think, I think... They were both on like 11 or 12 or something, weren't they? Yeah, I think when, when Brown was there. To be fair, they're both good finishers. They are both good finishers. They both probably prefer playing in that number 10. Yeah. I think we've got probably four players who that's their preferred position. So you've got yeah. Potts, Brown, and then obviously DJ. And you'd argue Harrop as well. Yeah. Um, so, still got a bit to prove Potts, hasn't he? Yeah. I but, mean, it's, it's some... coming glimpses, hasn't it, his form? Obviously, last everyone's saying, oh, this is the Potts of last season, which, which it is. But obviously, yeah. I think he's had... Fitness issues at the start of this season. Yeah. Oh, someone's someone's tweeted me today saying um, having a bit of a go at me about it wasn't because of his fitness that he wasn't that he wasn't um, performing as well. But he said it himself in the LEP that his his fitness was as good as it's been. And you can I think you can tell he was a bit sluggish in the first half of the season for me. Yeah. Um, but now nah, he's a good player. I've always liked Pops. I think he's a good player. Someone mm. that we should should definitely. Keep using. The only thing is, it's it's just with these four players, it, and we only play with one number ten normally, don't we? Yeah. Um, so obviously, they're always going to be shoehorned in to an extent. Like we've seen Brownie shoehorned in, number six, number eight, number ten, right back, right wing back. So it's just getting the best out of them. But you've also got to give them all game time as well. So that's probably that's probably why Brown and Potts and Harrop haven't performed as well as you probably can do. Yeah. Because obviously DJs. DJ's nailed that place down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think with Brad Potts, the main thing for me is that he's actually been given a run of form and he's probably his best position as a running 10. Do you mean a um, run of games? Rather, 
yeah, as a running games or a consistent and consistently playing in that same position as a running 10. Because if you think when, I suppose in the first three, four months of the season, he's been played in a lot of different positions. He's been played as a right midfielder. He's been played as a as an eight. He's been played as a six. He's not actually been given a run of games in that running 10 position that he is in his best position of. Yeah. Um, and I think you can tell that in the past few games that now he is actually further up the pitch and he's driving us forward. He's actually making a difference to us. And I think that goal he scored yesterday epitomises what Brad Potts was about last season. Yeah. Um, you know, legs, energy, you know, getting into the right place at the right time. And it's a good finish, isn't it? Let's be yeah. honest. It's a really good finish. Yeah, uh, like you said, Jimmy, I think that, that goal did epitomise everything about him. Um, and I think, I think, Jake, I think that point about Potts playing in three or four different positions, that's, what, that's the point I was trying to get across Yeah, with, with Harrop, Brown and obviously Potts. They've probably started, you know... Five, you could six, argue DJ as well, because he's been dropped deeper. On, on a handful of occasions at max. Yeah, but he's he consistently played in that 10 position until this season, really, has he? But this season, he's probably had 80% of his starts have been there, I'd say. But now, Potts has... I'd say Potts, Ledson and Story have been the decent, the sort of highlights yeah. from whatever from whatever you can take from this post-lockdown period. Cause, Com- completely agree. Because we're yeah. all going to be important players next season. Absolutely. Especially with the players we're about to lose. You know, people yeah. can say, oh, it, might, it might not happen. Don't kid yourself. Mm. At least one of them's going. Two, two for me at least. You can't can't keep all the seventeen players at all out of contract next summer. And yeah, people will harp on about well, the players should be showing loyalty to us as a club because we've paid them in full. Well, more fool us for paying them in full if they're gonna if they're gonna still want to leave. And could you, know, you not argue that they've already a lot of them have already shown loyalty? They've been here four or five years. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Mm. So you know what? What is it? Five years? DJ signed. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. Alan Brown signing what? Twenty thirteen. These guys, uh, you know, yeah, twenty, yeah. We came to the club in twenty thirteen. You know, I know he was a kid back then, but you know, that's seven years Alan Brown's been at the club. You don't want to stagnate your career by mm. just being at a club that is, you know, consistently in between seventh and fourteenth in the championship since we've been so since we got promoted. You know, you're 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 a mid-table championship club. You know, if you've got aspirations and you're an Ireland international. I'm not being funny or anything, but he's probably going to want to play at a higher level than Preston. Mm-hmm. And that, that might come across as negative, but it's it's just realism. Yeah. You know, he's an Ireland international. If he wants to further his career and the club aren't being ambitious enough to, to, or not going to match his ambitions as a player, yeah. then why wouldn't you want to leave? You know, and he's a got a dad. kid to think about now as well. You know what I mean, you're a new dad. You, you, you want to further your career for your family as well. Yeah. No, and he's shown a great degree of loyalty to us as Alan Brown. He's come on leaps and bounds as a player, both under Simon Grayson and Alex Neal. And he probably does deserve that next opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing I'd say. With, 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 it's not like players join us as a stepping stone for a year, is it? They sort of, they do give us a lot of service. Yeah. Even Hugo was probably here four or five years. Robinson similar. I think Greg maybe two, three years, but. The players, there comes a time where it's probably just the right time to move on. 100%. Um, and, and like Jimmy said, you'd hope that they get good moves because they deserve it, really. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's going to benefit us as well, isn't it? Because if they get a good move, you know, that's financially rewarding, then hopefully that benefits us in terms of a transfer fee as well. I know obviously transfer fees are going to be different this summer with everything that's mm-hmm. happened with COVID. But 
I think that you've still got players that will recoup a sizable chunk of uh, transfer fee if we if and when we do sell them. Mm. And it's I think I've had a conversation with a couple of guys on Twitter this week that you know we know that we need seven million pounds for the cash flow piece. You know, and that's not even including the COVID stuff that it's quite obvious that Trevor's put in. You know, in terms yeah. of wages, you know, I think it's another one point one million pound that came out this week at company's house. You know, it takes his investment up to over 105 million since he took over the club in 2009. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, we, we know that there's going to be a balancing of the books to some degree, but I just hope to God that if Alex Neely is still here, that the club back him accordingly, you know, um, well, actually just, getting his first choices. Just on, well, in fact, just before we come on to that, to just go back to the question then from Alex, is is a Brad Potts at his best better than Alan Brown at his best? What what are you saying? So obviously we've discussed different types it. of player. Yeah, different players for me. Yeah, hopefully that that does the trick for you. Um, Sorry, you, that's, uh, that's again, really if, good. That's, no, it's that's it's right good. though. It is right. But yeah, if you want to follow Alex on Twitter, he's just AJ Ingram, and the I in Ingram is a one. Um, yeah, so Alex Neal, I think it's telling that. It's not telling, really. It's quite obvious that this was never going to make it onto any of the club platforms. But he's quoted as saying to Sky yesterday, it's disappointing we've not made the top six. It's painful. We could have got to the playoffs or got promotion, but maybe we've sold too many important players over the course of the past couple of seasons. Players who could maybe have got us the goals that we needed. But hey, this group of players have given me everything this season. Yes, we've come up short in the end, but don't forget we've got one of the smallest playing budgets in the in the division. Just take yeah. a look at some of the teams who are above in the table tonight. We are where we are, but I do think expectation has shifted massively since I've been here. I think um, discuss. Yeah, I think that's just major frustration coming out as soon as it's obviously mathematically not viable to get in the playoffs. I think yeah. that's been weighing on his mind for quite a few months. You can you've seen little hints of it. Well, let's be honest. When he first came and he said he wanted to challenge with promotion, yeah, I think I think he's I think he's a bit flawed in saying that the expectation has shifted massively. He set that expectation the minute he walked in through the door. Yeah, yeah, I think I do. I am. I completely agree with where he's coming from. Um, I think expectation has probably shifted a bit too far. Just when you look at all the, like you said, the budgets in the league and whatever. Um, so when when you say expectation, yeah, let me try that again. When you say expectation has shifted in terms of what do you think? Maybe in terms I think of what fans, the fans expect the club to spend as opposed no, to challenging think, for the Premier League. Or? I think fans are now seeing anything. I think fans are now seeing anything below the top six as a failure, based on what I'm reading. I think that's unfair. I think that's unfair on Alex Neil. Um, I don't know what you think, Jimmy, but the things he said about losing too many key players is. It's a little bit concerning. It reminds he's bang me, on though, isn't it? He, he is yeah. absolutely bang on, but it's 14 <laughs> years ago repeating itself when Billy Davis left the club. It's exactly what it's pretty much exactly what Billy said when he left that he wasn't adequately backed. Yeah. And um, you know, and whilst he's not pinpointed the owner or the advisor, you know, I think it comes down to that it's clear that something isn't quite adding up at the moment in terms of behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I think personally, I think Alex Neil's brought a little bit on himself in terms of being a very ambitious manager as well. You know, he said three years ago when he joined about having aspirations of being a top half, top six championship side to be able to push on into the Premier League. Um, so 
you know, finishing seventh in his first season probably didn't help that as well because then the expectation immediately rises because you've got somebody who's come in and took us to seventh and then wanting to push on the year after and we just didn't. You know, we finished 14th and this season we've we've been in the playoffs for, what was it, 26 weeks out of the 46 weeks of the season. So over half a season in the in top six and then not got there. So I think that expectation does come when you're flirting with the playoffs all season. I think yeah. that's only right. I think, you know, any fan would get quite excited and get And, quite... and let's not forget, he took us top of the table as well. Yeah, absolutely, back in November. And I think, you know, that that does lead to a certain degree of expectation mm. as well from a fan's point of view. Yeah, so um, would would you two say then that this season is a failure? No. Neither would I, but I think a lot of fans would probably... I can understand why say. they would say that, but for me personally, I don't think it is. I think how this is... A... Fa- how do you define failure? That's well, it depends, what, it depends what the targets were. Like We haven't set ourselves any targets from like what we expected from the club, so... For us to judge, it's based off... The thing opinion. is, like like Jimmy said, in his first season, he finished seventh. The only way you can improve on that is to finish in the top six in the playoffs. Yeah. So, but as Alex Neal said, we've sold we've sold off three of our better players. Yeah. And I think also... Robinson, Cunningham. We also... People didn't like him, but we lost in the match last season. We never replaced anyone in that ilk either. Um, Barker, we've not really replaced him. I know he didn't really offer much in the first place, but... Yeah, I think with um, with the match though, it was an outlet that got us further up the pitch. Yeah. So you know, and he played what forty five out of the forty six league games last season. Yeah. Massive Alex Neal. Last season, last season. I think Alex Neal really, really rated him. Yeah, and whilst people you know were critical of him, like they're being critical of Maguire at the moment about the goals return. He, you know, he he that assist he got us at Rovers away. You know, for DJ's mm. goal, just tore their left back apart. Yeah. You know, we're paced and I think it's we've just got to be really that what Alex Neal wants he can sort of he's able to get if within our price range going forward if Neal is still managing next season there's still a question for me if he's actually going to be here because mm-hmm. that was I interpreted those comments yesterday as a bit of a come and get me you know yeah. come, 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 and, come and get me come, come yeah. and back me as a manager and I will get you places and yeah. why wouldn't you? You know, like I said last week, it's, it, I've said it quite a few times on the pod recently, but Alex Neal's got a reputation to maintain. Yeah, 100%. You know, and if he's not going to get the, if he's not going to get the backing at our football club that he might do elsewhere, whether that be a Bristol City, a Fulham, a Middlesbrough under, um, is it Steve Gibson? Is it the yeah. chairman up there? I forgot his name. Yeah. And um, you know, chairman that will back the managers. Yeah. The thing why is, I you think. Look at it? Yeah, I think people within football will know what a good job he's done. They'll understand. They'll understand the restraints that he's working under. And yeah, I think like like you said, Jimmy, I think that is a bit of a bit of a shop window kind of comment yesterday. Um, yeah. And I think if a if a big club like that does come in for him, it's like the players. I wouldn't blame him for moving on now. No. So. And yeah. I think also you mentioned a match there, and obviously I'm, I'm correlated that to Maguire this season. The criticism labelled at Sean Maguire is just appalling. Because the guy's been played as a, an attacking midfield left for the majority of the season. That's where he scored his goals. You know, he's he's obviously missing pace, you know, since his hamstring injuries. But some of the criticism that's been labelled at him is just appalling. Well, know, just I, I just think. on Sean Maguire, he's our most fouled player this season. He's been fouled 88 times. He's got the third most key passes this season with 40 behind Paul Gallagher and Daniel Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's... 
made the most uh, the fourth most blocks out of anyone behind Ben Pearson, Tom Barkhazen, and Alan Brown. And he's made the most second most tackles out of anyone in our side this season with 101 behind again Alan Brown. Yeah, and that's why Jake, you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, don't you? exactly. But pe- um, people look at it and go, "Oh well, he's not scored any goals." But like you just and said, that, Jimmy, that, he's, played, no, he's played off the left. You can yeah, you can criticize a, a player that we signed as a striker not scoring goals, but to look at just one aspect of his game is quite narrow-minded. Of course, it is. Yeah, but there's no doubt that he he probably should have been taken out of the team at at some stage. But again, it just comes down to lack of options out there. So. Since since Sinclair's come in, he has I think he's been in and out a little bit more. Yeah. But now I think I said it before maybe the season started. He's the pace has gone, and when the pace goes, you're a different player. Yeah. And he's had to change. You can't go on the outside of a bit a man and beat him anymore, unfortunately. And obviously yeah, he had he'll... a short spell where he looked like he'd maybe gone back to that at the start of the season. I thought he looked a lot mm. sharper, a little bit more direct. Um, obviously, he'd scored a couple, won a few penalties, but yeah, yeah, he started the season with three goals in six. Yeah. Um, and what did he win two two or three of our first sort of bunch of penalties that we were awarded as well yeah for me he shouldn't have probably started as many games as he had but he's a I'm a big fan I just wish he'd get that confidence back in front of goal yeah so do you remember, do you remember Wigan away Wigan away I think he had the header and it's an unbelievable save from the keeper yeah I think if that goes in it, it could have been a, a little bit of a different story the goal at Fulham where he was offside, it was marginal. I can't remember if he was or wasn't, but I remember it being marginal. Yeah. Um, that yeah. one the other week, was it against Huddersfield or Chef Wednesday in the first half? Where if he's if he's an inch further ahead, it's a goal. Yeah, Chef Wednesday. Chef Wednesday, yeah. He's had the chance at Luton as well. Yeah. It's fine margins, isn't it? And I think for, the, for, for Shawnee, he has got the ability. And I think he's adapted his game this season for me. Um, yeah, he's had time. to adapt for the, and I think it is a little bit down to fatigue because I think up there in terms of minutes he's well up in terms of the top five minutes um, this season so yeah your form is going to dip slightly when you're he's, he's got the six most minutes this season there we go and so De- Deck's first obviously he's played every minute of every game Deck, Deck Patrick Bauer Ben Pearson Ben Davis, Alan Brown Sean Maguire Alan Brown's a surprise actually Why feels like he's, feels like he's not started that many games Alan, you know what you get with Alan Brown. Yeah. So you know it's a bit like with Shawnee. You know what you get with Shawnee. You know, and you've got it. You, the people have got to realise that we're a championship team that has a low budget, and we're trying to make make do with what we've got this season because yeah. the manager hasn't been backed accordingly or hasn't acquired the the players that he wanted to acquire. So I think I my only think you can my only frustration with them with. Obviously, with, with the Maguire situation, is Harrop could have been used a lot more for me. Mm. But obviously, we don't know the, we don't know why he hasn't been used as much. But I think he just I think with a run of games, I think we would have maybe seen a little bit different from from Josh Harrop. But again, it's that's that's gone now. But people saying sell Maguire as League One or whatever is is a very valuable member of the team. Yeah, hundred percent, one hundred percent. Right, so next up, we've got our first uh, live listener, if you will, joining us on the podcast. Some of you might have seen his tweets to us around unconscious bias and around the words that have been used, allegedly used to describe Scott Sinclair. So we decided that we'd invite him on, learn to try and put his point across a bit better for everyone to hear uh, and for us to discuss. So yeah, this is uh, Jimmy Smallwood. 
Welcome on, Jimmy. Obviously, we've had Thank a few you. issues, but you're here. Yeah. Before we get into sort of what you tweeted us today, I just from a personal point of view, for me, obviously, hosting the podcast and everything else, um, I'd, be, I'd be interested to know if you actually do like what we do. Because uh, in July, you tweeted us saying that you'd just started engaging with our content and that you're hoping to get a lot out of it. And then you accused us, accused us of an endless stream of negativity and we were driving you mm-hmm. away. At that yeah. point, in, since the return, we'd drawn two and lost two. We hadn't played well in any of the games. So I don't really see what we could have been positive about other than just picking up two points from four games. But prior okay. to that as well, yeah, you tweeted us 11 different times going back to December last year, which to me suggests that you hadn't just started engaging with us. So yeah, I'm intrigued to know if was you it the, the pod like... that I was it the pod that I tweeted or was it? When, it, it any well, you just tweeted from the Finney and said you've just started engaging oh, right. with our content. So yeah. that to me suggests that you just started reading stuff, listening to the podcast, all that sort of stuff because content's quite a sort of. It is, yeah. So what I so I guess then I must have been following you guys on Twitter for quite a while, but I've only recently started downloading and listening to the podcast. You, I don't you, I've read I haven't read any of your work, so it's right. the it's the Twitter content and the um, and the podcast. Yeah, and I do just, like the podcast. I, as a North End fan, it's been a, a while since anybody's produced anything of any kind of depth and quality, and um, and so I do enjoy it absolutely. And that's also why I engaged today because. One of you guys, yeah, yeah. or maybe the main account, did a shout out for suggestions for talking points. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's you know that's an attempt to engage. Well, you know, we'll we'll uh, productively. We'll we'll kick on. So the the original tweet that we 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 tweeted was obviously recording today at twelve thirty. Any questions? Let us know. And you tweeted us with the following, which was: There has been a fair bit written recently about unconscious bias sports fans show towards players of color. Words used: beast, etc that are often not used to describe white footballers. Also, negative views, i.e. supposed laziness or not even liking the cold. I was struck during our recent slump how you really went for Sinclair on the pod, tore into him, talked about his wages and how he doesn't look bothered, yet you lavished praise on Potts' effort. Any chance you might discuss this on today's podcast would be interested. And then I think you tweeted as well and said you'd be happy to come on, and here we are. Yeah, and thank you for inviting me on. No, no, it's fine. Not a problem. First, first fan, first fan to come on. Oh, really? Oh, well, that's um, first, first that's live fan to come on. First yeah. live fan, yeah. Well, cheers. So, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose for me, it's it's just understanding. So, for for me, from my point of view, um, I think it's really key that we differentiate between bias and critique. Um, personally, because obviously we've critiqued Sinclair's performances. We've critiqued. I think everyone's performances this season, haven't we? Let's be honest, going back to uh, to August. But I think for me, unconscious bias, obviously it's defined as, you know, a, a learnt stereotype that's either automatic or unintentional or, you know, deeply ingrained in somebody's personality and is able to influence behaviour. Now, for me, the criticism of Scott Sinclair isn't that. Uh, you know, it's very much a critique, which is typically um, a carefully written judgment or something that includes facts, you know, and obviously is an analysis of an argument based around Scott Sinclair, because obviously that's where the main point has come from, from the tweets today. So I just want from, I suppose, your point of view and any questions for us about how you can determine how our criticism has been largely been, when it's been largely been backed up by facts, how it can be deemed potentially as unconscious bias. And I suppose your experience of 
unconscious bias within, I suppose, the media setting that you've worked within? Yeah, so I think, um, so again, thank you for having me on. I hadn't realised I was the first um, fan you've had on live, so that is a bit of an honour, so thank you. Um, I was really struck by some reporting on the BBC Sport website recently about, um, I think, the Professional Footballers Association uh, research, which seems to me pretty in-depth and definitive, and it was about commentators' use of language when discussing football, either live or in the post-match or half-time analysis. And it centred around how... um, different players of different ethnicities performances is discussed in media um, white players typically praised if they've played well for things like creativity and uh, sorry for things like effort yeah. uh, and commitment uh, black players uh, typically uh, praised for flair and also for physicality so putting themselves about a bit and then when it comes to criticism of players black players criticisms uh, uh, according to this research at least most typically focus on a perceived lack of effort or commitment or a laziness and also then segues into discussions of people's lifestyles or the money they earn. So the most egregious example of that in professional football in recent times has been Raheem Sterling and stories that he has called out himself on social media in the tabloid press. Uh, an example of that being, you know, splurging his money on a second house, second mansion for Raheem, that sort of thing. Yeah, the truth of that the being... Daily Mail, the Daily Mail went, yeah. went for him, didn't it, during the World Cup, which was... Truth of that being, it was his mum, he bought the house for his mum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so right. it's, it's, about, it's, it's about what he's used to spend his hard, you know, hard-earned money on. Yeah. Uh, and the same criticism not being levelled at other players. In terms of positive attributes, Romelu Lukaku being described as a beast was highlighted in the research, right? As Is that a phrase that would be used to describe a non-black player yeah. like you, um, him, right? Alex, Alex Neil said that about Jordan Hugo in 2017. Sure, sure. Um, so, of course, this is, this, is about, this is research, isn't it? So it's yeah, about, about ponderance of that yeah. kind of language, isn't it? This is funny because I was talking to Jake about this before. I've actually tweeted about this on my personal personal Twitter account like a few times in the past two or three years and I, I highlighted that, that article that you're talking about. I also saw it in The Guardian. I don't know if it was the same research study or whatever, but I've been quite vocal about getting Martin Tyler sacked on Sky because of of what you talked about. So I was quite shocked when you inferred that we were discussing Sinclair in a similar way. Um, well, I think it's it's less an inference that you were doing it, more posing the question, given the yeah, research yeah. and given the times in which we live. You know, football is kneeling down before kickoff to salute Black Lives Matter and all that sort of thing. Uh, it behoves, particularly you guys with this podcast and the audience you, you have, you know, you're discussing the game, but also broadcasting to people. This yeah. research was about broadcasters and the language broadcasters use, about yeah. players of colour. And I was just floating the notion and therefore it's great that you're talking about it on the programme today, that it might well be worth engaging with considering whether some of the criticism that the podcast has levelled at Sinclair is fair, or if, in fact, there is an element of unconscious bias in it. Yeah, I it, think it strikes me, me it's the only way that society improves, and football improves, is if, if we stop to think about the language that we use. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that completely, and I think the without being stereotypically, it tends to be the older generation of commentator and broadcaster that has made these unconscious biases for a long time, you know, and it, and it's, it probably is ingrained in their ways of working. Um, I mean, any of our players could have any of the nine unprotected, character, or protected characteristics from unconscious bias. However, I don't think by having a protected characteristic 
you can be devoid of criticism for your performances when at, at times and I think everybody gets that critique piece and I think you only have to look at social media and it can be it can be a powerful tool or it can be an absolute nightmare as we are we're all aware of in terms of what gets said on there um, but I think our criticism of Scott Sinclair especially has probably been largely fair as well as you know I, I tend to I like to deal with facts I don't I'm quite statistically based in, in terms of my mindset and because it, it's my job and you know I've mentioned obviously about Sinclair's lack of touches on the ball but I've also critiqued her and said well is that because the players aren't getting him the ball is that because he's not wanting the ball I don't understand where it comes from you know yeah. from our yeah. club as a, as a piece and I think sorry we've also said obviously we've mentioned the lack of touches we've also like counteracted that saying he has got their moments of quality so you leave him on the pitch people have people have Jimmy Jimmy the other Jimmy sorry like you've said about the unconscious biases Daniel Johnson has been called lazy for about five years. I can't count how many times I've referenced statistics. He's made the most presses of any player in the in the league this season. So I just I don't think we we're very careful with how we critique people. We do a lot of research for every podcast. Jimmy obviously mentions touches. Do you do you not think Sinclair has been has shown a lack of motivation? So, firstly, great that you want to back up your views with evidence and there may well be folk out there who have opinions and there isn't there's no evidence behind it right it's just a gut instinct and yeah. that's where this can manifest itself at its ugliest i think yeah. um, nonetheless i think you can make arguments for sinclair you see him play more than i do right i'm not gonna, and you analyze it in greater depth than i do so i'm not going to dispute you on that point i say, i suppose i really was struck by a phrase somebody used in a previous pod where they talked about him showing some fucking effort and because um, yeah, in and, my opinion, Jimmy, he he, ha- he hasn't shown a lot of effort at times. No, that, so that comes with yeah. this, that comes with the statistics. It's not it's not a case of it being unconsciously biased towards him. It's down to watching the game and actually seeing him drifting out of games. You know, similar to other players. You know, and other players have got both barrels off me. Believe me. You know, since um, since I've been part of the podcast, but I don't think it's down to unconscious bias, and that's that's the thing that. Hurt me this morning personally because it's like okay. that's like whoa. <laughs> well, I certainly know. I certainly don't, don't, do. don't enter into it to hurt anybody's feelings. And somebody says something about um, social media being not the ideal place for it. I mean, 140 characters to try to get involved well, in a nuanced discussion. Exactly. That's one of the reasons right. why we why we've got you on. So yeah. you know, if, if you uh, had a wider point to make, then you, you feel free to make it. No, I, the point I've made, I think, is <clears> is valid, which is that the criticism that research highlights of football commentators is stereotypes about players of colour and one of those recurring stereotypes being laziness. Now, of course, it doesn't exempt players of colour from being criticised for putting in no effort. Of course it doesn't. And that's why you look to back it up with statistics. But I was simply floating the notion that given the research, it's worth having these discussions and it's worth thinking about whether similar players get levels of that type of criticism to, in this case, Sinclair. Now, you can make cases for why Sinclair not hit the ground running, hadn't played a lot of football before he joined us, hadn't played in our system, uh, a long time since he's played at this level. These are all potentially contributing factors as to why he's not set the world alight since he's joined us. But the podcast talked about his laziness. And so, and that is something that is highlighted in the report as being uh, yeah. of concern to the players' union, right? So that's the only reason why I've looked at it. Um, but it wasn't, you know, there's a difference between suggesting it's worth discussing unconscious bias. And one thing that somebody on this pod said in, in, in reply to one of my tweets, which is that I'm basically questioning someone's character or, you know, 
suggesting someone might be racist impacts upon their career, their reputation. I know, I, I know, and, and I wasn't doing that. I was simply floating the notion that it's worth discussing what biases might exist within football analysis to A, aid that analysis, and B, make a more harmonious and equal world. I think that's just more... I, I, think agree, that's more... I can agree with that. It, it, Sorry, I think for me, the, it's... And I suppose the, it's the new wave of fan-led broadcasting, which is really key for me. And it's probably moving away from the mainstream media and, you know, the likes of Sky, TalkSport, you know, your main main brands of media that have got maybe commentators and um, pundits that have been in, in the sport for 30, 40 years that have those potentially preconceived, deep, deeply grained ideas within them. And I think for ourselves... It, it, it isn't the case, you know, in terms of unconscious bias towards towards Scott. And there's nobody that would want the guy to succeed more than ourselves, I don't think, because no, I agree with it's that. not just down to the salary. It's, it's down to the fact that it could actually make a massive difference to our football club. And I think, yeah, he did come in with a massive reputation. And I think expectation of him was quite high to start with, um, not just down to salary, but down to obviously his reputation as a footballer. You know, you don't play for the likes of Manchester City and the biggest club in Scotland. Sorry, Rangers fans. Um, um, <laughs> the, the, you know, uh, and come to Little Preston, and you, you sort of, and it's, I mean, we actually spoke earlier on the pod about Alex Neal's comments yesterday about have we just got a bit too excited, you know, in terms of you know he's come in and he's sort of got us the seventh in that first season, and it feels like it's gone a little bit flat, you could say. Yeah. And that's the last thing I'd want about Scott Sinclair. You know, he's there yeah. for two and a half years. You want him to perform at the best of his ability for us. Jimmy, the fans, the, the fans were singing about Scott Sinclair before he kicked a ball for us. If you remember at Blackburn away, yeah. before before the game, there was a song about him. I'm not sure there's ever been a song about any player before he's kicked a ball for us. So maybe we sure. maybe we did fall into that in terms of expectation being too high. Well, I think there's a lot. There was a lot riding on Sinclair coming in and making a difference. Alex Neil said it himself. So maybe it is unfair to to have been so full of expectation, but. I think we all know the money, the kind of money that he's on, and the, the, you can call it perceived lack of effort, but he hasn't been influencing games, so that's and that's where the criticism comes from. And that's you know the the, the definition that you've just alighted upon there is probably the key point in it, which is has he influenced the games as much as we would have wanted, and is his lack of influence of those games down to, for one thing, laziness. Yeah. And laziness. I, I hate to kind of return to that word, right? Because it's just a throwaway word in the podcast. Except it was the criticism levelled at him that week. And he might have had a bad game and he might have had a lazy game, right? I don't know. You've got the statistics. And I'm very, as I say, all we can do is we've got our, we've got our readings of the game and our views about footballers, but are they borne out by the evidence? And if they are, and you're suggesting that they are because that's your world and your passion, right? Uh, then it's a legitimate criticism, okay? Um, but all I was um, wanting to do was to make folk aware, I suppose, of the research. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. I suppose the only other point I'd make about older commentators is, yeah, they're older and they may have a different worldview. But, of course, what they say gets heard by the younger generation, including kids. And I think actually it percolates down to the younger generation. So I don't think it stops at 60-year-old blokes. I think it goes younger than that. Um, yeah. But I do, you know, I don't want anybody on this pod to think that I'm accusing anybody of being a racist and I'm very sorry if that's how it came across and that's 140 characters on Twitter for you but what um, I am saying is there's evidence to suggest that within sports broadcasting there's a problem with phraseology around players of colour and our highest paid player is a player of colour 
and it's therefore worth us thinking about how we just discuss him when we talk about him in, in on this pod and elsewhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I can agree with that. It's just, I think we can't devoid him of criticism as well at the same time, you know, and I think we all want him to do as well as he can for our football club, I think, and we're, I think all four of us will agree that, you know, especially with the talent that he's clearly got, um, it's a case of hoping that the manager can get the best out of him over the, the coming, over the remaining two years of his contract, really. Yeah, yeah. Jake, I'm just going to have to hop off for a minute because the, uh, my apartment's fire alarm's going off. Oh, and I've got to go and play. I'm very sorry. Welcome to recording a podcast, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> no, nice one. Good luck to you with it. All right. Cheers, Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. See you. Cheers. Bye. See you later. I'll be back in a minute, lads. Yeah, no worries, mate. All right. Sorry. Hi, this is Chris Brown, and you're listening to the From the Finney podcast. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we're probably going to be without Ollie. Uh, as you heard before the break, his fire alarm's going off in his building. And the last update we had from him was waiting for the fire brigade to turn up. So, yeah, not hopeful that he's going to come back. Uh, but he's still going to have a bit of an input in, in this part, hopefully, if he replies to my message in time. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll jump straight in, Jimmy, with... The listener questions, well, let me try that again. We'll jump straight in with the listener questions section. And this one is from someone that I presume a lot of North End fans who have Twitter have seen on Twitter. Um, don't actually know who it is, but it's from Worthington. And he is at Worthington underscore PNE on Twitter. Uh, so his question is, who is on each of your striker shopping lists realistically? Nice one, Mr. Worthington, for your question. I think there's quite a lot of talent out there. Yeah. You know, and I think whether we go the under-23 route or if we shop in League One, because at the end of the day, that's where we're probably going to be shopping. Be, I do like um, Clark Harris at Bristol Rovers. Yeah, we've been um, linked with him in the past as well, haven't we? Yeah, we've been linked with him in before. Whether he's the finished article or not, I'm not too sure. Just him, I, I think that's probably realistically the... the the division we're going to be looking in. Do you think we'd spend like any money? The, possibly, yeah. We spent, we spent it last summer, didn't we? When needed. Um, I just, I just, my, my thinking with that is obviously with everything that's going on at the minute. Um, obviously, we've not, we've not. You could argue we've not invested in the youth team by releasing all the second years. Mm. So maybe a reluctance to spend money there. But the issue is you're already investing in the youth team because you get the youth grant, and, and then obviously it costs around three quarters of a million pound a year to run anyway from a youth team perspective right. um, so that money's already it's sort of already accounted for for me right. um, the other player I'd be really interested in is Connor Chaplin um, at Barnsley if they were to um, well they're looking like they're nailed on to go well down, they've really. got to beat Leeds today haven't they not Leeds they've got to win today haven't they I forgot yeah. who they're playing um, my head's pickled today but you know they've got to win otherwise they're relegated anyway um, and I think he's Forest really at three yeah so I think he's a really exciting prospect and probably the player we should have gone for when we went for Tom Bayliss at Coventry. Um, yeah. Scored goals for Coventry. Scored, scored well in a, in a generally quite poor Barnsley side this year. Um, 
Tommy you, Dunleavy. You could say that there's maybe a bit of the Sean Maguire of old about him. Literally took words out of my mouth there, mate. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Sorry, stealing Sean... your thunder. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, it's probably Sean Maguire when we first signed in terms of pace and directness and being quite probably ruthless is probably the best way to describe Connor Chaplin. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got 11 goals this season, you know, consistently up there in terms of dribbles. Um, and and still only Woodrow. 23 as well. Yeah, and they've got Corley Woodrow as well at Barnsley, who I also like. I think, yeah. you know, he's got 14 goals this season and quite decent in the air as well. Um, you know, he averages just under one and a half aerials a game for a, a, a player you wouldn't necessarily associate with being good in the air. The other, we're sticking with the Barnsley theme in terms of just trying to rob them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Apologies, any Barnsley fans listening, but I doubt there'll yeah. be many of you, if any. I have a friend who's a Barnsley fan, but the, you know, and Ollie's mentioned um, this player a number of times. It's Alex Mowat. Um, yeah. They did they did they activate his extension earlier on this season? I don't know. I can't say I've seen, mate. To be fair, I, th- um, I think he was out of contract this summer, but they activated his one-year extension. Right, so yeah, I, I think he's a great little player. Um, Usually, though, when that happens, it's just probably a club trying to get some money for a player that they anticipate will leave anyway. Yeah, so the, yeah, they activated it in May. So, I, I think personally, you've got a player there that's out of contract in twenty twenty one, similar to you know over half our squad, and I think yeah. you know that's probably the market we need to be tapping into. Um, I. I I mentioned this on Twitter the other day and got pelts for it, but I, I like if you if you're looking for an upgrade on Jaden, you know, and it, and we don't get Kiefer more. I know obviously there's a bit of paper talk about Kiefer already, but I like Tom Eaves at Hull. Um, he's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not I, sold I on him. I know you're not sold, but I think he's an upgrade on Jaden. I think he's he's mobile. He's a very physical presence. If we're going to go that way in terms of playing, um, scored plenty for Gillingham. Um, I know he's probably not had both the return at Hull so far, but... I think to be fair, I don't think he's gotten a run of games at Hull, to be fair. No, I, I think he's made about 30 appearances, but a lot of a sub, and yeah. a lot trying to, like, you know, late on in games as well. And I think you've got to look at Hull, you know, pre-January, you know, and Jared Bowen and Grisicki were absolutely, you know, their goal contributions put Hull into the top half, and now it looks like they'll be relegated on Wednesday, barring yeah. an absolute miracle. So, yeah, nice one for your question, Wellington. But that's just throwing a throwing a few names out there. I think it's um, there's obviously a big eight weeks ahead of us before the huge. new season starts. Huge. Um, who would you have, Jake? Um, I wouldn't be against Nangelo coming in from Blackpool. My only my only worry with that, if he was to come in, is he's he's twenty seven, twenty eight. So again, it, it it comes it begs the question that we we discussed when we had Holly from Deep Dive Digest on. If that is the kind of player that we're going to be looking at, what, what's our strategy there? Because you can argue that at twenty seven, twenty eight, if he comes in for two, three years, he's no salon value unless he has an absolutely storm in time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in terms of upgrades on Stockley, I, I would say he's probably an upgrade on Stockley. Can't say I've seen that much of him, but he's. Awkward is is the way that I've I'm described by a couple of Blackpool fans, and obviously I work in Blackpool, so he's that's how he generally gets described. He's awkward, quite pacey, you know, good with both feet, yeah, but horrible to play against. But can drift in and out of games, yeah. Well, we just wait and see. I, yeah, I, exactly. I be, I so he, he's what 
Yeah, I'm the yeah, same. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it, but I'd, I wouldn't be like jumping up and down if we signed him either. It's probably a bit something to what we said about Nugent last summer. You know, mm. you can sign him with another. Yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> we know we know how that one ended. So, yeah. um, well, I think yeah. for for me, the other one is someone that you've mentioned already um, is Jonathan Clark Harris. But I really, I really like your suggestion of Chaplin. I've always sort of been a fan of him, but yeah, never it's never really crossed my mind. I am um, just in terms of another strike option. There was I harped on about this guy on Twitter, and I, I messaged somebody who works for the club two years ago. I mentioned it to someone last night, but Lawrence Shankland, who was at mm. A United, he's now at Dundee United. Um, don't about him going to Rangers in the next week for two million quid. Yeah, he's just an absolute. He's a he's a great prospect. You know, he's had his issues off the pitch as well. He's nowhere near like perfect. Yeah, but my God, he knows where the back of the net is. You know, he's just been capped by Scotland as well. You know, one of the first championship players up in Scotland that's been capped for the national team in a long, long time. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you only have to look at the goals he scored for air. We could have got him in that January for about £75,000. And then he went to Sunday on a free because he was out of contract that summer. And I messaged a friend, obviously, who works for the club, and I said, you've got to look at him because he's just a talent. And I just got told he just wasn't, didn't fit the boat at that moment in time. Yeah. And I was like, right, OK, that's a shame. But then you look at his record since, and it's phenomenal. You know, I don't care if it's the Dog and Dutley. You know, it's he's scoring goals and he's been capped by his national team. He's got to have something about him. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, probably, probably one that's um, got away. One of the ones that got away. Yeah, to coin yeah. that that old phrase. Yeah. So hopefully that that answers your question, Worthington. Nice one for that. Just before we carry on with the football, some of you might have noticed if you've listened to the podcast in the last sort of three, four, five days that um, we've moved to a new company that hosts the podcast called Acast. And with that has come the ability for us to use one of their features, which is called the Acast supporter feature. Um, Obviously, there's a mention of it now on every single podcast episode at the start and at the end, but it's basically your chance to support us here from the finish. Because surprisingly, like you said before, Jimmy, to me when we were waiting for Ollie to come back from his fire alarm scenario, it, it surprisingly costs money to run the podcast and the website. Yeah. yeah, and to be fair, we do this for free. You know, a couple of yeah. hours every Sunday. We know we spend our Wednesday nights at silly o'clock at the minute recording the podcast for. Uh, it's more than a couple of hours on a Sunday for me. Well, yeah, you do the editing as well. Thankfully, but, my message know, is quite flexible about it. So, all right. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's um, <laughs> but listen, it, you know, it's it's a great tool that we've got, a great platform, and something that I suppose all three of us enjoy doing. And obviously, we were just, yeah, it's your chance to support us. So whether you're, you know, you're just a keen one-off listener, or you listen every week and you want to just pop a couple of quid in the pot just to uh, keep us going you know, and keeping our pensions afloat because that's where it's coming out of at the minute. And or if you're a local business you, and you want to, you know, get your name out there each week or twice a week at the minute on the podcast that we do. Um, yeah, well, the twice week. twice a week will be coming to an end because I think we've decided we're not going to do one after Bristol City, but we're going to do a sort of an extended, like, wrap-up for the season pod because obviously the season's been quite a long one now. Yeah, there's loads to talk about. And you've got to think about, obviously, our meets episodes that you've been doing as well, Jake. And I know you'll talk about it at some point over the probably next week in terms of who you've got coming up because there's quite a few great guests yeah we've summer, got season you know. two is pretty much all done obviously just need to crack on with getting some of them edited and getting them ready to 
to be released in in sort of in sync with the start of next season. So we'll be going back to the one a month for that. But yeah, as Jimmy said, if you're a local business, um, if you're a listener of the podcast and you just want to shout out, you want you want a plug of your Twitter or if there's something that you want to say that you haven't said to us yet, yeah, you can make a one-off donation. So apologies for this URL. It's not actually letting me update the URL at the minute, but if you wanted it's to go on make... description, isn't it? So... Yeah, it's in our description. Um, so if you're on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to the podcast, you can find the URL there. But I'll also read it out to you. So it will be being changed when I have the ability to change it. But it is at the minute. It's supporter.acast.com forward slash importing hyphen 566. So that's just some behind the scenes technical problems that Acast are having and I can't change the back end of that URL. So yeah, the minimum the minimum out, amount you can sort of donate to support us is three pound, but it can be as much as you want. You can make it weekly, monthly, however often you want, or it can just be a one-off thing. It's entirely up to you, and whatever you do donate, if you do donate, is massively appreciated. It goes to help the the running of this. Um, I, I'm doing some work on the website at the minute, so there's a few things that I have in mind to try and improve that so it will go towards that as well so yeah anyway we've probably waffled on about that a bit bit too much for now jay you waffling on really you're waffling <laughs> on mate hey i've yeah, got to make it, up oh, for it now that ollie's not here yeah by the way our website has not been taken down by any third party just to put it out there we have not been suspended we have not nope. been taken down by any anyone out there so uh yeah, Jake is just doing a bit of TLC on it at the moment. I have had a couple of messages saying, "Why, where's your website gone? Have you had it taken down by somebody?" And no, we, we've not been that naughty. We've uh, we've kept no. our noses quite clean this season. I think there's always next season. We might we might get taken down <laughs> next season if we say something stupid. But yeah, we're uh, we're trying to keep ourselves behaving at the minute. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm just trying to speed the website up. I'll be changing the design of it and and a few other bits. So yeah, yeah. If you do make a donation, it is massively appreciated. And we've got a few plans for next season as well. I think me and you have spoken about maybe doing a live pod, haven't we, Jim? Oh, that'd be chaos, won't it? <laughs> yeah. That'd be enough on it, yeah. Can you imagine me in front of a, a lot, you know, people ringing up or coming on Zoom and asking me questions? Yeah. Oh, well, they, I live near the Tom Finney pub, so we've 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 muted the idea of having from the Finney live from the Finney. But yeah, with a anyway. special guest. With a special guest, hopefully. Yeah, with with probably so, yeah. a special guest or two chucked in as well. I think there's a few people that I've had on the meets that I still talk to quite often, get on quite well with. So can maybe work yeah. a few things out. But yeah, if you've got any suggestions, any ideas, again, feel free to get in touch. Bristol City, mate. They've not beaten yeah, Bristol... us since February 2011, which is 13 games over eight years. We've won eight oh. and drawn five. Well, well done, mate, for cursing it. Right. See you next week, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have uh, actually so, been thinking, to be fair, for a few weeks now that I feel like that this season is when that run comes to an end. I think you only have to look at uh, the facts and the stats because everyone knows that I like a good stat. And we've actually only beaten one team in the top 15 away from home this season. So, you know, hopefully that will uh, that'll go to two two teams on Wednesday night. but. The other stat is Bristol City haven't beaten a team in the top 10 at home all season, so you're probably going to be looking at a 0-0 draw, aren't you? Um, the fact that they can't beat a team in the top 10 and we can't beat a team in the top 15. So, um, yeah, they sat streaky lead the other week. Um, 
Wonder if, by the wonder way. if, um, if Alex stays, if he'll get that nickname from the not the top twenty boys. Streak and Neil. Yeah. Um, did have been Neil is his nickname to a few to my my friends because uh, of his inability to make any sort of subs. So um, yeah, just general dithering basically. Um, but yeah, on to Bristol City. You know they they've not been in good form, have they? You know, yeah. and I, I think. Lee Johnson did as well as he did to last as long as he has done there. You know, Steve Land's down. Who I'm a massive fan of. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I think he's on wonders. I don't think City. you need to beat around the bush. You've said it a few times on here. Yeah, mate. Honestly, right, when you go to Bristol City now, they've got like, fan zones outside of the yeah. front of the ground. You know, it's a real experience for fans. Mm. No, hats off to him. He's done, he's done a good job and for the local area as well. Yeah, the, the arena, the building for the hockey, the ice hockey and the basketball and he's invested in the, the cricket club. He's just a philanthropist that's invested and not expecting anything back. Yeah. Well, he's probably expecting something off his football team eventually, but, you know, they're throwing money at a lot of players. Do you think with Johnson that there was maybe an element of sentiment that's kept him in the job for probably a lot longer than he was? Yeah. Yeah, I think, because obviously he was a player there as well, wasn't he? Um, Oh, was he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a player there as well Ah, under his dad. So, um, I think he probably got a lot longer than he probably deserved. Um, I'm no fan of him. I think he's got small man syndrome. I think he's got serious issues. I don't actually think he's that good of a manager. Um, I believe he's you know, spent £5.5 million. Pound. Yeah, he spent £5.5 million pound on Jeju, who missed a penalty yesterday. He's, he did not, they've not really played around him. You know, the, He's got such a talented squad, you know, likes of Andreas Weimann, Calmo Dowder, uh, Patterson. They've got a lot of good players there. And I just think the bit similar to other maybe that they've probably under underperformed and not hit the heights they probably could have this season. Conceded a lot of goals late on. Over half their goals have conceded in the last half an hour of games. They've conceded thirty four out there, sixty four goals in the last thirty minutes of games, whereas we have scored three goals in the last fifteen minutes of games this season, all at Sheffield Wednesday, away from home. Yeah. So they get a lot of shots away, get a lot you know the I don't think they hit the target yesterday. I think they had 14 shots and didn't even hit the target. And obviously, Jeju's missed the penalty as well. Yeah, uh, it'll be a tough game. Always I, is, I to be probably, fair. Yeah, it is. And I think the last few times I've been to Bristol City, I, you know, I remember the time Mackinac game when DJ scored from a very tight angle with his wrong foot. Yeah. Uh, when DJ was out of form at the time as well. Um, and then set big size, scored the winner. Good limbs that day. Really good limbs in the in the way end. Um, obviously, Callum Robinson scored there a couple of times under yeah. him. You know, I think he scored there last season potentially as well. I can't remember. I can't remember again there last year. But yeah, I just, I just think it's it could have a bit of an end of season feel to it. You know, I, I know the not the top twenty boys mentioned on the betting show on Friday, and that uh, games with nothing to play for could be well into your over two point five goals, and I think. They tipped the I think they tipped the Rovers game, you know, and it ended four three. I think this might fall into that category where there's nothing to lose. You might as well go for it. Yeah. Um. He might blood the youth. He might put Bayless in. He might put back Baxter or. I'd Walker like I'd in. like to see him do I think, that. I would as well, but I I know before we mentioned about Alex Neal's comments and something I didn't mention at the time was that I feel he's thrown his forward options a bit under the bush yesterday with his comments after the game saying that he what. You know, they've only scored four goals this season, and mm. or whatever it is, and they've not really contributed as well as he wanted them to. Yeah, I think that's it. Was evident with the Nugent piece against Derby on Sky that that was the case, but then to throw your likes of Stockley, Mal, 
Maguire to an extent under the bus a little bit. I think that was a little bit naughty of him yesterday. Um, what he goes with, I don't know. I think he'll go with Stockley again. Didn't do much wrong yesterday. Um, like um, we said before, he's he's done well since probably yeah, the last probably the last four games. Done well. Yeah, is it Nathan Baker there centre half? Just trying to remember his uh, name. Yeah, I think um, it is. So yeah, they've obviously they've spent good money. Bristol City, you know, Callas. Um, I think it's just, is it silver? I forgot the other guys. Now they bought two from Chelsea. Was it fullbacks? Yeah, and then they've got the right back Hunt. Is it? I think. Um, just trying to remember last time I actually watched him play because to be fair when I've seen him under Lee Johnson I sort of switched off a little bit because I just don't like the guy I just don't uh, like Jack, Jack Hunt plays Jack right, well he played right wing back against Swansea yeah um, then they had yeah Jay De Silva uh, playing left wing back yeah Callis is a centre back with Williams on the left and Viner on the right and then obviously That's he mentioned it. Jamie Patterson Andy Ryman. Um, yeah. I've seen something from a few Bristol City fans that, that before, I don't know if it's since, if it's the same since he's left Johnson, but before he left, he was playing um, Benekophobia on the left, which he's just, Benekophobia's like just a striker, simple as that. Yeah, a good striker at this level as well. I know, Obviously, he had a lot of issues when he first joined there. But did he break his leg? I think he did. And then, obviously, I know he had a couple of issues off the pitch as well. Yeah, well, he, um, he, he would have been out for the season if the season obviously hadn't been extended with yeah. COVID. So, but yeah, they've got, they've got on paper, they've got a very good side. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if they're up there next season once they get a new manager in place. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully it's a decent game. Hopefully yeah, it's fingers crossed. The season. But, um, yeah, just let's let's just finish above Rovers. That's the uh, the one aim that I've got now. That's the one thing that's keeping me going. It could be uh, yeah, just keep them in the in their little place and we'll be fine. Yeah, we have a mutual friend who uh, was texting me the other day, giving me a bit of stick about. He made a, a statement early in the season that I bet we finish similar points and we're what two above him at the minute. So he's like, oh, I told you, and I was like, well, we're still. Above just asking when he last went to a game because. No, I don't even know that, and I've known him since college. Yeah, I see. To be fair to um, this mutual friend of ours, I seen him giving it the big one when Preston played Blackpool at, at Deepdale in 2013, and he was in the home end. So, yeah, how's your everything done? Part time plastic. Yeah, so, we'll leave it at that, mate. That's yeah. Well, what's what's one. your prediction then for Bristol City? Two apiece. Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say, but because you said that, I'll say we'll nick a three-two win. That'll do for me. That would do for me as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, obviously, nothing from Ollie. He's messaged to say that there is an actual fire in his building and that the fire brigade are there. So hopefully everything is all right there. And Ollie and all his fellow building residents are, are all okay. Yeah, If as, as we said five, ten minutes ago, if you've got anything you want to tweet us or message us on Facebook or Instagram, uh, feel free to get in touch. And if any of you do make a, a donation, we'll give you a shout out on the next episode, which will be a season sort of review episode. Hoping to get Mark Lawrence on, hoping to get Ollie from Deep Dark Digest on. And finally, yeah, thank you very much for listening. And thank you to you, Jimmy, for coming on as always. And thanks to Ollie, even though he's not here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cheers. See you next week, guys. Yeah, thanks see you later. Soon. Thank so, you. Uh, the Juice here, you are listening to our latest single, At Times, and of course, it's from the Finney.
just says I'm okay, so I'm fine with that. I guess I'll be alright. The crutches gone, the feelings coming back to me. Even when it all seemed black. Yeah, you know it's alright at times. You know it's alright at times. You know it's alright at times. Just don't leave me here all alone. We're crossing bridges we haven't discovered yet. Let's take things nice and slow. My brain is moving faster than the speed of light. Let's see how far this goes. Yeah, you know it's alright at times. You know it's alright at times. You know it's alright at times. Just don't leave me here all alone. When the walls are closing in, do you sing or swim? When the walls are closing in, do you lose all? Just don't leave me here all alone. Just don't leave me here all alone. Just don't leave me here all alone.